My name is Tyler, and I am your host on Ask Me Anything. This podcast features Lynn Johnson. What is up, everybody? It's Tyler here. Welcome to another episode. Got a lot of good stuff to talk about tonight. Dad, thank you for coming. How are you? Doing good, thank you. How good are you doing? I'm doing good. Ran 10 and a half miles yesterday. Felt pretty good. A couple of weeks after the marathon. It's good. It's a good day. Excellent. <clears throat> so we're just going to dive right into this because I'm excited to talk about this topic. Um, for those of you listening, um, this is going to be a religious topic. We're going to be talking about the Book of Mormon. And the reason I wanted to talk about this is because I think it's important to me and my dad's lives. And it's a big part of what we believe in and a big part of our religion and I, I just think it, it would be a cool talk, uh, sorry, a cool topic to talk about. So um, just to outline a little bit of what we're going to talk about, I'm going to, my dad has spent a lot of time in the Book of Mormon, so we're going to ask him a couple questions about, um, you know, his time in the Book of Mormon, why the Book of Mormon is necessary in our religion, and maybe just some of the doubts that people have come to to Lynn with and how he has helped resolve those doubts. Does that sound good, Dad? Perfect. Okay, so we're just going to start with uh, some basic questions. Dad, how many times would you say that you have read the Book of Mormon? <laughs> I, I couldn't tell you. It's been a fairly continuous process. Um, since I was 20, so almost 40 years. Had had you not read the Book of Mormon prior to that? So I did. Um, I remember one year in seminary, we were studying the Book of Mormon, and if you were able to read it all the way through, they kind of had a recognition dinner for all those students that read it. And so Paula and I, um, ironically, um, we spent one whole day Saturday just reading it together, listening to tapes and, you know, that we're reading it. And I remember we did that at her house so that we could finish it and attend the dinner. That was the first time. There was no overly real intent, I don't think, um, to discover anything or critique anything, anything like that. It was more a peer thing to to be with our peers at that dinner. How many different methods have you tried and what has been your favorite method of studying the Book of Mormon? Um, <clears throat> I remember, so, gosh, that's such a, that's a broad topic. Let me let me talk to you a little bit about maybe my conversion of the Book of Mormon and uh, how that came to pass, and then I think that that will lead into the overall um, why I read it and how I study it and so on and so forth. So okay. I was in the MTC and. I had a large group of friends that were also in the MTC at the same time. That's in Provo, Utah. The MTC, for anyone that doesn't know, is called the Mission Training Center. And uh, 
there you learn about, well, I specifically was learning Spanish. Um, they teach you the language that, that you will speak when you're there, and then they teach you gospel principles and, and how to teach people. And as our time in the MTC, <clears throat> excuse me, as our time in the MTC passed, um, several of the people that were going stateside or different missions like that would be ready to leave. And in order to kind of start them off on their mission experience very well, we would go to the Provo Temple uh, as a group and we'd have a prayer. You know, we'd sit and chit-chat for a bit and then have a prayer and, uh, and you know, praying for the elder that was going to leave on his assigned mission that uh, they would be successful and not have any harm come to them and that that kind of stuff and it's kind of a special moment to be with your friends like that and um, anyway on one particular evening we were walking back from the temple uh, one of my friends he he was going to be leaving to his assigned assigned mission and he and I were talking um, as we walked back and I remember distinctly the conversation that we had was about the Book of Mormon. And he said to me, he said, uh, you know, I, I'm going to go out and preach that this is the truth for two years. And he said, but I don't know that it's true. What, 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 what do I do? And uh, anyway, he and I had a, a lengthy discussion about that. And well, as lengthy as it was from the temple back to the MTC. And uh, anyway, uh, as I got back into my room, I, I pondered that pretty uh, pretty seriously, thinking, hmm, all right, I've never doubted it's true. It's always been a part of my life. So am I in the same boat as my friend? That, you know, I really don't know that it's true. And... For the next couple of days, I made it my quest to read the Book of Mormon and uh, do as it poses, is to, to talk to God uh, and ask him if those things were true. And I was able to get my confirmation. It was very interesting that obviously I had a fast day and I prayed about it and things like that. But I don't, I don't overall remember. <clears throat> I remember my prayer and I remember that kind of thing. Um, but I, I think that there was one thing that was very, very impressive to me. And that was the testimony of Oliver Cowdery uh, at the end of the Doctrine and Covenants. And he talks about his experience of, of translating the plates under the dictation of the prophet Joseph Smith. And there came to me at that time such a powerful confirmation that that it, it, it's a true book, that it's um, that it's historical in nature, that it was written by uh, American ancient American prophets or Latin American, wherever you believe that it was that it had taken place, but that it truly was the word of God, and. I know on my mission, I, I read the Book of Mormon about seven times in that period of two years. 
And then after that, I it's been countless. I can't tell you how many times I've read it. Um, there are several ways that I've studied the Book of Mormon. Um, I've taken um, commentaries or study guides, and, and I've done that. I've done the Institute study manuals several times, uh, multiple commentaries, uh, different commentaries that I've used to study it. Um, and I've done conceptual studies. I've done... Uh, I, did, I did a lengthy study. I remember one time I was at a, um, a conference, uh, educate, they call it Education Week, and it's at BYU. And I remember going to a class on the Book of Mormon, and the instructor, I don't, I don't remember who it was, but he said that if you read the Book of Mormon, that you get your associate's degree. If you read the Book of Mormon and you make notes and, and you look up commentary, that's a bachelor's degree. If uh, you utilize other references and that kind of stuff, uh, prophetic quotes and, and that type of stuff, that's a master's degree. And he said, if you uh, look up all the footnotes and cross-reference all the footnotes, the, the, that's your doctorate degree in the Book of Mormon. And... I wanted to have my doctorate degree, so one time I did a study and I looked up every footnote uh, for every scripture. And I mean, sometimes uh, as I would study it, I would just look up one scripture and, you know, it might have six or seven footnotes under it. And then by the time I looked up all those other scriptures, um, it would, it, you know, the time would go away and I'd have to have to stop. And um, that took me about six years to do that uh, completely and, and cross-reference it and read every scripture that, that was under every footnote. And uh, so that was pretty impressive. Probably my favorite way was I did uh, what the Book of Mormon teaches about families, what the te Book of Mormon teaches about parenting, what the Book of Mormon teaches about um repentance, the afterlife, all that kind of stuff. And and I would do studies specifically directed to those topics or or those principles or or parts of the gospel. And I, I probably like that the best. Yeah. I think that that's actually really cool too because <clears throat> at least from what you showed me, you have, you know, just like the soft cover book of Mormons that the missionaries give out. And you'll have a topic in the front of it, and then that whole Book of Mormon, the outline the, or the underlines and the quotes and all that all have to do with that topic. And then when you start a new topic, it's a whole nother new Book of Mormon. And I think that's cool because, you know, you could always, your posterity or me or, you know, anybody could go back and look through those Book of Mormons and be like, honestly, I would love to learn a lot more about family. And then they can look at your Book of Mormon that you studied and everything underlined about family and your thoughts and impressions is almost like a journal surrounding that topic. I mean, is that that's how you're you're doing it? Yeah. And um, I mean, I, I look back at it and I, I remember it was very difficult for me to give up my missionary scriptures because I had spent a lot of time in those and I wanted to remember all the notes and those things that I had in that. And then... 
For a period of time after my mission, I had started a new set of scriptures. I had gotten a new set of scriptures and did the same thing. And my scriptures were plastered with notes and thoughts and, and quotations. And it's very hard to start a new book or a new set of scriptures that, that's blank and empty. And uh, I found that, that very difficult, but I, I like it. There's things that I can still remember from my missionary scriptures that I can go back to and, and look at. And uh, it's, I just like it. I think if my children were to fight, I would hope after I die, over my possessions, I I would hope that they would uh, be arguing to see who got my scriptures uh, more than my money. I think those are more more valuable to me than than any possessions that I have. Yeah. So would you say, you know, you talked about your first, you know, real experience with finding out if the Book of Mormon is true. Have you? Would you say that experience has continued on through your life, or was it just like a one and done? You know it's true, and then, you know, you go throughout the rest of your life just knowing that it's true. Or have you had other experiences where that conviction has grown stronger? Or does that make sense? Yeah. So, <clears throat> I think I think that's a, an important question, and uh, I don't think that anybody has a testimony. Uh, should feel comfortable thinking that it's one and done. You know, if we're not building our testimony uh, in some way, then it's going to be declining in another way. And it depends upon the experiences that you have in life, the questions that are posed, the friends that you mingle with, uh, just all the different situations. And... um, I've been not only on my mission, but after my mission in college and and in my professional career, there have been individuals that have um, posed questions that many critics of the Book of Mormon have posed. And um, I I just can't let that go. You know, I want to study about it. I want to find out and and see why or see what the reasoning or whatever, or try and explain uh, that question or come have an answer to that question. And so a lot of times people that have posed controversial questions to myself um, that maybe intellectually might make you think or, or wonder if your testimony is based upon accurate uh, facts or accurate information, um, you know, obviously you might have questions yourself. And as you research and study those, I, I've always found very acceptable answers to that. And the confirmation, uh, the spiritual confirmation has come over and over again. So I, I think that's important. So let's go a little bit deeper with that, because that's actually another question that I was wanting to ask you. You know, there's a lot of people that attack the Book of Mormon, and there's a lot of critics and the anti-Mormon stuff. And what have been some of the the main questions or the main doubts that people have come to you in the past, you know, or even some of your own findings, you know, doubts that you've had and how 
they have been resolved. Just a couple, if you wow. can think of anything. <laughs> <laughs> That's huge, you know, considering yeah. the, the many years. But, um, you know, maybe just like I mean, the top question, three. And I don't even know that there's, that I could come up with a top three that, uh, you know, that were uh, plaguing on myself or, or whatever. I, I mean, I don't. I've never really had a huge crisis of faith concerning the Book of Mormon. Um, if anybody reads it, you know, and they read it looking for spiritual, that spiritual awakening or spirituality or spiritual guidance and not being critical, amazing, you know. Yeah. Um, the, you know, people, I mean, it's amazing what people can come up with to, uh, try and disprove or disclaim or, uh, you know, shake, shake someone's faith. And that all comes from, it starts with the prophet and his credibility it goes to his ability to translate. It goes to appropriate translation. It goes to errors in the text. It goes to um, errors in uh, geology or geography. I mean, there's just so many uh, attacks against the Book of Mormon. And, uh, you know, so I don't know that I could pick a a top three concern or a top three, you know, yeah, this is the major attack or this is the one I haven't been able to resolve or this is, uh, you know, whatever. And it, um, I wish I had to quote the quote, the individual that quoted this. Um, I remember it was a talk. It may have been a, a President Ezra Taft Benson. He said, someone said that the Book of Mormon is not on trial. We are on trial to see what we will do with the Book of Mormon. And um, I think that that's the most important question uh, that, that we can ask ourselves or that we can look at as we're doing all these other critiques. What are we going to do with the the content that is within the pages of the Book of Mormon and um, and how are we going to let that uh, affect us and um, it is it's true the book is not on trial we are and you know the book has withstood all the um, critics it continues to be a major factor in the conversion of individuals to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. It, um, it continues to be a major influence. If it weren't important, then they, they if it weren't, uh, if they had, had explained it away or if all of their critiques had, had said that, yeah, it's not a true book, then they'd quit doing it. You know, they would just let it go and say, yep, we've proven that point. You know, it's not true, but they can't, you know, that's why it continues to be 
under attack um, constantly. I mean, yeah. you can't. I you know I listen to Christian radio shows, and and uh, there's one gentleman that I have particular. Uh, kind of admiration distaste for <laughs> and uh even just the other day he was talking about the book of mormon and and uh trying to uh demean uh that scripture under uh lds philosophy and theology and you know i i just think how, how many years are you going to do this you know i've been listening to this guy for 20 years and and it's still a major theme if You've proven that it's not true. Then let's go on to something else. Yeah. So if you can't give like a, you know, the top three doubts or anything like that, what if somebody does find themselves doubting the Book of Mormon? What advice would you give them to to overcome no matter what doubt it is or what question? Since we don't have time to go over every doubt and every question, what's like the general rule of thought to overcoming doubts that you've seen work for you and, and people that you've worked with? Well, over, overall, and specifically, um, again, just the, the critiques of the Book of Mormon come so many varied ways. And, and for the, the bottom line for me is, how does it make me feel? Yeah. You know, what, what does it make me want to change or do you know what effect does it have on me okay and i've read you know we talked about this in a previous podcast i've read so many books so many motivational books so many self-help books you know to help me change i've watched podcasts and ted talks and and things like that to to help motivate me and uh, try to make myself a better individual and it comes down to me, the bottom line is how, how, you know, how does it make me want to change? And I believe that it's a book about change. I believe that it's a book about action. It's a book about putting off worldly tendencies and becoming closer to God. It's a book about a testimony of God. It's a book about a change to become uh, more like God. It's a book about helping others change to become more like God. It's about a better world. It's about uh, better people, uh, just like the Bible. And, um, you know, I, I look at that also. And, you know, people will say, well, you're just a Book of Mormon freak. I've read the New Testament probably as many times as I've read the Book of Mormon, countless. You know, I don't know how many times I've read the New Testament. Um, I could probably count the number of times that I've read the Old Testament because it's a little bit longer and drawn out. But, um, you know, both of those scriptures do the same, do the same thing for me. And... Um, you know, I could add the same critiques that people make uh, about the Book of Mormon, uh, about the biblical reference. And, uh, you know, maybe the question that I might ask for you is, um, you know, how do you know that the Bible is true? And why do you read the Bible? And, and, you know, how does the Bible make you feel? When I read the Bible, it's not about... You know, are the geographical 
descriptions in there correct or are they in the right place or have they been discovered or you know if i come up with a word that's that's uh out of context maybe or not in line with the times do i have a fuss and say oh it's not true because of this or the many many different um interpretations you know it's interesting as i listen to christian radio and you have one pastor or evangelist of one church uh, interpreting the scripture and then you have another pastor or evangelist that comes on in the next uh, block of time on that radio same radio station and they say something different you know all pastors and all evangelists don't don't interpret the Bible the same way. And then you look at all the different uh, versions of the Bible and and how they word things and, and how they try and put it in our language today so that we can understand it. And, uh, you know, I just, I don't know, it blows my mind that, you know, more petite, more people don't critique that, you know, but they're they're very quick to critique the Book of Mormon, but they won't even critique the word of scripture that they profess to be true on that day. And uh, anyway. Yeah, I think that's one of the ways that I've been able to <clears throat> put off a lot of my doubts or critiques is just kind of do what you said and kind of put all that stuff behind behind me and, and just think, how does this book make me feel? How is it changing my life? Whether it's for the better or for the worse and you know when it comes down to it me and you have had this discussion in the past that you know even with the church in general or the book of mormon even if it's not true you know by some means it ends up not being true it still has made my life extremely happy it's given me direction it's given me hope it's given me a good family life. It's, you know, it's the, I don't know. Why would you want to change? Yeah, that it's now? like, why would I want to give any of that up? And and so that's what that's how I have, you know, just putting off doubts. Like if something comes up, I'm like, yeah, you know what? That might be the case, but honestly, I've enjoyed this book. It makes me feel good. I'm gonna keep reading it. I'm gonna keep trying to apply the principles that it that it that it teaches and. Well, it's, it's interesting on that aspect, too. You know, I mean, um, I believe that the Book of Mormon has withstood the test of time, and it continues to withstand those tests yeah. and those critiques that, you know, things that they said. I remember uh, in my early days that uh, certain things were like the writing on... Uh, <coughs> Metal plates was unheard of, you know. They no, no one writes on metal plates. And then they discover metal plates, you know. They discover writing on metal plates, and and you know, just many many things along those lines. I, I can't delineate them all. That would be a, a whole podcast, and I would be uh, a uh, uh, expert in that field. But I mean, there's so many so many things that. Ha, once weren't proved, now are proved. And so those doubts or questions or concerns that you might have in one day are answered in the next, and uh, on the next day. I remember there was a, 
a professor at BYU that I highly respect. He's written many LDS articles. He's a very spiritual man. And uh, I, I find myself uh, kind of like him in many ways. When I drive down the road, instead of listening to his sportscasts or anything like that, I find myself navigating to Christian radio and that kind of thing. And he is the same way. He actually has had multiple uh, radio shows where he would get together with a minister of another faith and they would talk about matters of religion and and how the Christian world and, and the Christian LDS could come together and, and things that we had similar versus the things that we didn't. And uh, anyway, I remember he was given a talk once and he said uh, that there were questions that he still had. And I'm thinking, wait a second, man, this guy is knowledgeable. He's uh, been the dean of BYU education or uh, religious education and just has this long list of, of accomplishments in the church. And, and uh, anyway, he said, when I have a doubt, he goes, I don't let it shake me. He goes, I put it just on the back burners of my brain. And he says, it's there. And he goes, someday I know that that question will be answered. And he goes, you know, maybe I've had 10 questions and uh, at a time or whatever, and, and nine of them have been answered. And, you know, I might still have one on that back shelf that hasn't been answered. But I know that someday it will be answered and that it will come to me. And, you know, for my own life, I, there was a question I had uh, about a, a religious practice in the church. And um, six years, I, I studied it often. I researched it as much as I could. So, you know, sometimes I just kind of put it on the back shelf and let it rest. And then I would pick it up again a little bit later. And I remember one day... It, it came to me, and I just wanted to shout for joy. The answer came to me, and my question was resolved. And it was in a way that um, I w it was unsuspected. I was just uh, reading in a book, and I uh, didn't know why I was reading the book. It was kind of boring in, in one sense. And, you know, there were many times that I, I thought, man, I just, you know, you don't need to read this book anymore. Once I... Once I start a book, I want to finish it. But this one, I was just like, you don't need to read this book anymore. And it just kept compelling me to read it. And all of a sudden, one chapter, I was reading on that a specific topic. And out of the blue, the answer to my question came. And it was like, holy cow, six years, I've been asking this question often of myself and you know, I, I didn't let it worry me. It was a serious question and that I had concerning church doctrine. And all of a sudden, bang. And the answer was there. I felt a confirmation that that was my answer. And I took it off the shelf of my brain. And you know, it's just it's just like that. And in the time and season when we need it, those answers will come. I, I am a testimony of that. I can testify of that. And, uh, you know, we don't know all the answers. Man doesn't know all the answers. You know, um, Christian theologians don't know all the answers. 
uh, some think they do, but but they don't, and and there are still things that they they just don't quite get. But you don't let it bug you. Yeah, it's just got to have that that patience to, like you said, put those questions on the back shelf and uh, and hope they'll be resolved one day. Yeah, go with the basics. Go with what you know. Go with what you feel. And yeah. ho- hopefully, I don't have to wait six years to. <laughs> Well, I just, I mean, I look at it, and again, when I when I read things that are true, when I read things that um, have eternal consequence, it makes me a better person. And firmly, the Book of Mormon has has eternal consequence, and it has made me a better person. Um, I wish I could get better quicker. I wish I could get better longer. I wish I could, you know, maintain that betterness, but it does make me a better person. Yeah. I mean, and that's why it's so important to, even if you read it once, to keep on reading it because, you know, always, always trying to get better. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) That's another thing. It's crazy that, um, you know, I've read the Book of Mormon Many, 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 many times that I don't even know how many, but um, it it always amazes me that as I read it again, uh, something will come up. I'm like, wait a second, out of all the times that I've read this, how come that didn't pop to me before? How come that didn't talk to me like this before? How come I didn't know that? Something that I I would feel was very significant, and I'm like, why? Why, how did I miss that or whatever? But it just has significance every time you read it. Yeah. So I probably should have asked this question at the beginning, but it was something that me and my wife were talking about earlier in the week. And the question is, why is the Book of Mormon even necessary? Like, do you think that Christ could have restored the church without it? You know, and if he could have, why was it? necessary in the restoration of the church or well as far as gospel doctrine a a doctrinal message um, the bible teaches us that in the mouth of two or three witnesses all things will be established and it's another testament of jesus christ it's another witness to him Uh, it's another witness of him that uh, that he lives, that he's our redeemer, that he's our savior. And I think that that's uh, imperative in the world today that we have multiple witnesses. I believe that, um, you know, again, I think uh, President Benson's talk talks a lot about the purpose of the Book of Mormon. He says that uh, the Book of Mormon also exposes the designs of evil and I, I think that's a key aspect of the Book of Mormon that uh, it's, it was written specifically for us as, uh, as told by the prophets that wrote it, that they, they were writing specifically for us. And the things that they wrote are imperative to us in our day and the, and the things that we're experiencing and, and how we can liken the scriptures to us so that we avoid the, the mistakes and problems that the they had in the past and and I think that that's imperative and then for myself okay so um, 
in, in the scriptures, and you just have to do a lot of research. I'm not going to get into a lot of detail about this, um, but I'll give you the hints that, that you can look up. When there was a covenant made, there was generally a covenant of the token or a, a token of the covenant. For example, when God made a covenant with Noah that he wouldn't destroy the earth, he, he had a token, and that was the rainbow. So there's tokens of the covenant. And if you go into that enough, you can find multiple tokens of multiple covenants, you know, Old and New Testament. And I believe that um, the token of the New Covenant or the Restored Church is the Book of Mormon. And uh, that fits right along with gospel principles. And again, we could uh, explore that with scriptural reference and everything, but there you go. There's something for you to study. The, yeah. the tokens of the covenant. What was that talk by uh, President Benson that you were talking about? Do you know where that can be found? Or um, I'm pretty things? sure it's called the Book of Mormon, uh, it, or it has that in its title. Um, but... Um, yeah. So just search the yeah, Book of Mormon by President Benson. Or? Yeah. Or you, what you can do is on on um, on the LDS website, you can go to conference talks and and just talk or type in Ezra Taft Benson, and it, it will take you to that. Or you could go to speeches at BYU speeches, and and I think there's one in there too. But there, he has several. I can, I can remember, it's true statement, I can remember when he gave a talk on the Book of Mormon. I was in college at NAU. Uh, it was in the late 80s, and, uh, and I can remember listening to his conference talk. It was probably a Saturday afternoon session. We were coming back from Snowflake or a Sunday afternoon session. We were listening to it on the radio, and I can remember distinctly his voice. And talking about, uh, he he used the word, I testify, I testify a lot. And he talked about the Book of Mormon. So some of those things, I may get different things mixed up, but, um, you know, I apologize for not having, you know, scripture and verse here, I guess. But. No, that's all right. So to finish up, if you could, you know, for your posterity and even for those listeners who don't know anything about the Book of Mormon or who have doubts and are and are struggling with the Book Book of Mormon, what would be your final statement? What's your advice? So I, w I think the first thing that I would want to do is I would want to add my witness to the long line of witnesses of the Book of Mormon and what it's done for me and my family and uh, my life. Um, I want to uh, affirm that God has given me a witness, that uh, the principles within the Book of Mormon are correct and true principles. I uh, want to affirm that it's a spiritual witness that you know, sometimes we get caught up in the uh, logistics of uh, scientific proof or whatever, and uh, that's not what it's about. It's about uh, spirit communing with spirit, letting us know of the truthfulness of that. So I, I add my witness that, that uh, the book is true. 
the advice that I would give is uh, let not the fallacies, not the fallacies, but the imperfections of man, uh, you know, don't get caught up in that stuff. None of us are perfect. Even the Book of Mormon prophets acknowledged that they weren't perfect and that, you know, that there were things that they didn't do, like, you know, quite right. But that's just human, the human experience. Um, I would highly show anybody that has questions, okay, there's always answers. And there's answers from, you know, positive sources and there's answers from negative sources. I think people have to come to the realization that those that are antagonistic against the church are never going to give you a positive, uh, uh, you know, a positive um, answer. Answer, you know, they're they're just not going to do it. If you go looking, you know, for your answers on an anti-Mormon website, you're not going to find a positive. If you go looking for your answers on a on an LDS website. You're going to find positive answers, and you know it's interesting that on on some of the websites that there are, and there are multiple po- apologetic sites that you know they're they're the first to admit if if there's something that hasn't been researched or if there's something that they can't explain, they talk about those things, and but they but there's uh, uh, a lot of things that they talk about that. Um, that the others just are deceiving, you know, they, they just don't give you the right information. And so you can find anything you want. If you want to find something that tries to disprove it, you can find that. If you want to find something that tries to prove it, you can find that. And you're, if you're looking for a negative thing, then you go to negative sites and, uh, yeah, you can find what you want. Well said. Well, I'd just like to thank everybody for uh, listening to this episode. And this isn't necessarily a religious podcast, but, you know, the Book of Mormon is something that is important to me and my dad and, and in our lives. And so I'd just like to, you know, hope that this podcast and this topic would improve people's lives and help them, whether they have read the Book of Mormon, whether a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints or or not. So, again, just thanks for listening. Hope you guys enjoyed, and we'll catch you in the next episode. Well said.